The Minnesota Vikings have brought joy and misery to the Vikings fans for many years. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we just want to see the Vikings party with the Lombardi. Join us for analysis, interviews, laughs, and much more. It's the podcast by Vikings fans for Vikings fans. The Skull Purple Podcast starts now. Here's your host, Carson Schubert. Welcome in to the Skull Purple Podcast. It is the uh, lazy time to go to bed edition of the Skull Purple Podcast as I decided to uh, not get into my normal uh, setup today. I decided to just do it from the couch and uh, that's kind of how the Vikings offense looked uh, like they were performing from the couch or something tonight. I don't know, but it just it was just not a good game for the Vikings offensively and uh Daniel uh Pollock is here to help me talk about it on the Fan Express line and Daniel what more uh what can we say about this game? I mean, there's a lot to say. Um mainly about uh, how bad the offense was in this game and I think the number one takeaway about the offense from today's game is that Josh Dobbs is not as good as we thought he was. And um, I think I talked to uh, Tony um, at halftime, um, my our, uh, our good good friend and longtime uh, host, co-host and contributor on the show, and uh, we'll hope to have him back at some point here uh, in the future. But um, I was talking to him briefly, and just uh, he mentioned – uh, or I mentioned to him how it just felt like Josh Dobbs. We saw the real uh, Josh Dobbs or the reality of Josh Dobbs, uh, however you want to phrase it. The uh, the uh, other side of Josh Dobbs. Uh, we see the past or not. We saw that the first two weeks. And then uh, even, you know, but even then, uh, you know, you could even point to Daniel, the second half of the Saints game. Things didn't go as well. Um, the Broncos game, the offense sputtered in that game. And then, uh, this week, um, the game, uh, we saw how bad the offense was for most of the game until the final drive when they needed to be or second to last drive. And again, for the second straight week, I have to say, Kevin O'Connell, you cannot be conservative in those situations. When you have the ball, you just got to take away from your defense. You have an opportunity to go seal the game potentially with a touchdown, and, and or even even go up by, you know, an extra few points with a field goal and they run the ball twice and then expect to try and get some yards on a screenplay on third down. And um, Daniel, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that and obviously the game. But um, what, what were your thoughts on that fi- that final drive that the Vikings offense had there? Well, and to what you just said, the defense gave us a great opportunity. It looked like the bears were going to have the opportunity to go score. We get a fumble, we get another fumble and we don't do it. You know, I mean, we did get that touchdown after the first one, but that second one, I mean, you got a chance to seal the game and it is a tough call. It's a tough call to take that 61 yarder. Cause if you don't make it, it's a short field for the bears at that point to get a touchdown and to make some, make something happen. Try to get that field goal that they ultimately ended up getting. On the turn side of it, I don't put it all on the offense, only for the fact that our defense, who is known to bring pressure, that's Brian Flores' bit. But when it comes down to 
the nitty gritty when it comes down to the final minute or two of the game why don't we bring pressure up front to stop the offense so as much as we can, their offense i should say so as much as we can blame our offense for being conservative our defense is playing the exact same way on the opposite side of the ball when we need them to be aggressive put pressure on a inexperienced quarterback just like teams do against us and Josh Dobbs. Is it fair to say that that last drive almost felt a little bit like Donna shell um, with the uh, kind of the relaxed coverage, not coming after the quarterback very much. And I, and I get it, you know, you don't want to give up the big play, but you gave up the big play. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and I, I get, it. if you bring heavy pressure, you need to go man to man because you need to don't, you can't open windows because you're bringing so much pressure up front. But when you're not bringing pressure and you're going into that shell style defense, you're still leaving holes and vulnerabilities. And if you're not going to close gaps or anything, you're just going to leave it wide open. Basically. I mean, there was nothing special about that route and everyone did their job, but it's just unfortunate that you don't recognize the situation and how many times we've been picked apart in the past and then adjust to it. Why, again, I just don't understand why we don't bring pressure against a quarterback like that, especially. Now, if you're playing on Aaron Rodgers, you know, in his prime, if you're taking on Peyton Manning, if you're taking on Tom Brady, you know, even mid-range quarterbacks, you're you're going against Josh Allens of the world. You're going against Kirk Cousins. Those guys can pick apart those style defenses. But when you got guys like Josh Dodd, the two quarterbacks we saw tonight, these guys that under pressure like to rely on their feet too much and they take their eyes off downfield that's when you need to bring heavy pressure and I just, I'm disappointed at that as much as I am the offensive play we had overall tonight yeah and honestly that's the only thing you can really fault the defense for was that final drive I mean yeah. other than that they played fantastic Flores 95 percent of the game called an excellent defense Didn't all give up that a good stuff yeah didn't give up a touchdown all four field goals yeah yep. you shouldn't lose absolutely yeah so it it was definitely a good defensive performance except yep. uh that last that last play but yeah that's the that's the part that irks me and that's the thing that we said last year about Donatel <laughs> if you're going to allow big plays anyway which they did a lot last year or big chunk plays at least then you might as well just go blitz and see what the heck you can do. You know, try and cause right. some ruckus and the quarterback, you know, fumbles the ball or you rush him to throw the ball and he throws incomplete like we saw on a third down earlier in the game when Fields had to get rid of the ball quickly and it was a comeback route and Byron Murphy knocked it away. But Hardly. Yep, so... But yeah, no, I agree. There was a lack of pressure and um, on that last drive. But yet again, uh, that that conservative play calling on that that second to last drive for the Vikings, it was just like, what are you doing, guys? And what? it was it was the same thing against Denver. You know, like that was a little more sense because they had to go down and score the touchdown last week. But still, um, and then this week you only had a one point lead. So it's like, what are you doing? Well, in, in my opinion, and this is the first time I'm joining you since the Kirk Cousins injury. You know, I was yeah. saying, I think we go out, if we do make a trade, it's for a backup. Obviously, with Jaron Hall getting injured, you know, seemingly, what, two drives into his first start, 
Josh yep. Dobbs gets thrown in there, and now we look at him as taking us forward just because of how he performed when he came in. But even when we were, everyone was on the pastor not train on the spaceship, I'll call it. You know, when everyone was on that mode, I always held that hesitation. He's a seven-year pro that's on his fourth stop. He's not going to come up here and be the second coming. I mean, he he is who he is for a reason. Now, you could say maybe this is the perfect fit. Maybe we have all the weapons that he never had. And it might be. It could have been whatever. But he's shown over these last, like you said, second half of the Saints-Broncos game, this game. I just don't think he has confidence in the pocket. I don't blame our offensive line a lot of the time for the sacks that they give up because they don't know where he's going. They don't know how to protect a pocket, essentially, because you don't know if he's going to scramble. So how do you block for that? I don't think he has confidence throwing downfield. So when we're in those final drive situations, like the end of the game last week, or even this week when we're trying to be aggressive to get first downs, waste time, etc., I just don't think... O'Connell has the confidence in his arm to do really anything at this point because he's afraid to throw it anything past 10 yards because he he just can't read the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate uh, my dad and Skolden getting uh, his getting their comments in um, when DJ Moore caught that first down. Yeah, that was the game. You're absolutely right. Yeah. The, the fact that the Vikings only had one timeout left. And even if they didn't, the Bears probably still would have taken three knees because they didn't want to turn the ball over in that situation. (laughs) Um, And we know how well that's gone for the Bears. Uh, I mean, just earlier in the game, like um, the Justin Fields fumble that allowed the Vikings to have that opportunity when they ended up punting it back. And then, yeah, Ryan Wright, by the way, too could mention that that was just a terrible punt they gained like what 20 yards and 20 i think it was a 26 net even if you touch that back i think you go 29 yards or something (laughs) yeah yeah so there that was another questionable thing too i guess you could have maybe you know gone for it or whatever but i think you had to punt in that situation i think that situation was right and what's unfortunate is he was so good last year if i remember right i don't yeah he he was touchback until the playoff game against the Giants off season. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a rookie, the guy was phenomenal this year. He's really struggled, especially in those, you know, trying to pin him within the 20 last year. He was so accurate yep. this year. It, it, you could say maybe some of it's the gunners not getting the right place at the right time or whatever, but he just seems off. And it's definitely a part of a game when you're in these close games that we notice more than you normally would when your punters struggling. But there's times when we've needed him to step up to like tonight, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Please uh, get your comments in. Uh, what did you think was the difference in the game? Uh, your thoughts on the season, all that stuff. Um, let us know your thoughts. Um, but, yeah, I, I tell you what, Daniel, uh, going into that Broncos game last week, um, compared to how I feel now, I'm a lot less confident in the Vikings making the playoffs at this point. And uh, it's amazing what can happen. We saw what ha- could happen after an 0-3 start, and then you win five yeah. straight, and now we're seeing what happens You know, when you're a 500 team. You're 6-6 six and six now, right? So um, it's, uh, it's becoming a little bit of a do-or-die situation now. I kind of thought, you know, if they can go 2-1 and one over these next three games, which maybe this is their one, but... I mean, Las Vegas isn't a give me uh, based on how they've been playing since they got their new coach, uh, Antonio Mm -hmm. Pierce. And, um, you know, 
Cincinnati, who knows? Jake Browning maybe does enough uh, in a game um, to beat you in Cincinnati too. I mean, but you could you think that those games are winnable at least. You would think, but you never know. So those those are two big road games coming out of the bye. Um, Scolden also uh, talking about uh, Ivan Pace tackle uh, was good. Powell got some uh, catches that changed the game. Yep. Um, hope right can bounce back a little. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, uh, the, uh, thumbnail for this, um, on YouTube is KJ Osborne. Um, I changed the picture. It doesn't necessarily always mean something when I put the the person on the thumbnail, but (laughs) in this case, it kind of does. It's like, okay, KJ, where are you at, man? Um, like Jordan Addison, you know, we saw him flash a few times, uh, not always for a good reason. Um, that, uh, drop, uh, that ended up being an interception. And then of course the big play down the sideline that he didn't get his feet down in. Um, and you know, partly on Dobbs, partly on him, um, whatever you could go back and forth on that one. But, uh, yeah, uh, Jordan Addison, didn't make a couple of plays, but he did make a few plays. And then KJ Osborne, I think maybe one or two catches, or maybe I'm missing one or two, but just seems like he has not done anything since he's come back from his concussion. And honestly, overall this year has just been underwhelming and especially in the absence of JJ. Well, and I think the biggest thing there is, you know, before we'll we'll call it the Kirk time was just the, the amount of weapons that we had outside of him. When you have Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, who is really coming on strong in his rookie year, and then TJ Hawkinson, there's just not a lot of love left to be had for really anybody. You know, Powell, even at that time, was kind of a gimmicky type player. So we didn't have room for KJ. You know, after J- you know JJ went out, well, then you need him to step up. But then we lost Kirk. We lost, in my opinion, a top five passing quarterback. Don't care what you say. Look at stats. He's there in yeah. the league. It, it matters. And I think that Dobbs is just, I'm going to call him the issue. He's the issue. You know, we, this whole dang system we had, as far as the Vikings dreams of making it deep into the playoffs relied on one guy in the grand scheme. I mean, obviously it takes a whole team defense, offense, everything, but when you have that much trust and reliability on a quarterback, it matters when that guy goes out. And I think we're seeing that. I think it's, that's why Addison's numbers are way down. Hawkinson's had some nice games um, with Dobbs, but I still think there's some love to be had there. The running game's picked up a little bit, which has been nice to see when we've needed him to because of our lack of a passing game. Um, but I think KJ is kind of just in that line of fire. You know, he we, we just can't get him the ball because I honestly just don't think Dobbs can look downfield and read a defense well enough off the get-go to make a play when we need him to, especially when those defenses bring pressure. I just, my opinion, I just, I, I, he's not him. He's not him. He's not him. He's not him. Um, by the way, you know, I thought the Vikings ran the ball pretty well tonight. So you can't really, I mean, 5.2 yards per carry, only 10 carries though. So maybe you could make the case. (laughs) They should have been uh, running the ball more and Dobbs ended up throwing the ball 32 times. So, there's definitely a case that could have been made that they should have been running the ball more, but you would think that that would open up opportunities for Dobbs to throw the ball down the field more effectively than what he did. But again, turnovers, you know, we haven't even really talked about that yet. And it's just, and you know, a couple of them were kind of fluky, but you know, definitely 
there were other ones that could have been intercepted that weren't too. So it's like, yeah, you could definitely see a regression um, with Josh Dobbs tonight for sure. Um, also, I was going to mention, um, you know, I don't know about last week. I won't go to, as far as to say the Vikings win both of these games with Kirk Cousins, but I will definitely say they win tonight with Kirk Cousins. There's no doubt in my mind that the Vikings would have won this game with, with Kirk Cousins starting. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys that's more on the like, yeah, Kirk's overrated a little bit uh, by some people, you know, I'm a, I'm not the biggest cousins crusader or lover or whatever you want to say. I try to be more realistic with cousins, but I will be realistic tonight and say, Hey, Kirk cousins on Monday night football would have played better than Josh Dobbs tonight. And it would have been enough for the Vikings to get a win. And uh, I'm sure you're right there with me, Daniel. <laughs> well, I, I, I absolutely am because as we've talked about before, I'm more on the Kirk train because I don't think there's, there's not a quarterback out there just lying around. That's better than a Kirk cousins. And we see yeah. that with like the job Josh Dobbs of the world. And we'll, we'll see what they do in the off season. I personally think they're going to bring back cousins if they want to make a play towards the playoffs, or they're going to blow the whole dang thing up and say, we're starting from scratch. We're going for draft picks, yada, yada. But I, I do think that absolutely these last two games, without a doubt, we win with Kirk cousins. And if we have Kirk cousins in the lineup, we may see, we may have seen, I should say, a Justin Jefferson before bye week. Yeah. I just don't think it's worth it to him health wise to go out there and play with a Josh Dobbs of the world compared yeah. to our Kirk Cousins, especially if we need him. You know, if you need last week's win, we did. You need this week's win, especially because it's in division. We did. And I think if you have Kirk Cousins at quarterback and he's slinging the way he was at MVP levels before he got injured, I think we get Jefferson back. I think Kirk definitely doesn't you know, throw interceptions the way that Dobbs have or just kind of try to duck it out at the last second as you're getting sacked and throw a bobbly ball that gets tapped around and intercepted. He just doesn't yeah. do those things that turn into turnovers that didn't really turn into points tonight for the Bears, but against most teams would turn into points. So I think absolutely Cousins in the last two games we win, and I still think if we have him, we are a definite threat for a top four spot in the NFC. Yeah, no, I – I think that they definitely would have forced uh, two less turnovers for sure. Yeah. Um, I and I think even last week there probably would have been one less turnover. I still don't know if they would have would have won last week. I I don't know. I I thought Denver's defense played pretty well at times. I think <clears throat> I think a better quarterback tonight against Chicago's defense, which is not as good. I think that. I think that changes things, but I will say Chicago's defense has been playing better since they got some of their guys back. Um, they actually played pretty well against Detroit last week. So I guess there is some credit to be given to the bears, but it still feels like, uh, if you would have played better football tonight, you easily could have won this game. Yeah. Well, and I, just to be the devil's advocate to your point, I think it is a factor when you have a guy like Josh Dobbs or even what the Vikings did, Tonight against the Bears, you bring pressure on a quarterback that likes to scramble and get out of the pocket as soon as they sense danger. They're not looking downfield. They're not going to pass. Kirk was able to find those quick throws from the get-go. He could read, where's my out? If they're going to send an extra guy or they're going to send two extra guys and they're blitzing six, something like that. He had a quick five-yard gain. You know, he yeah. was able to read that, get rid of it, and get the positive yardage. I don't yeah. think Dobbs has that. 
I mean, I just I don't think Fields has that. So I think in the last two games, yes, the Broncos were very good defensively, but they brought in an insane amount of pressure against Dobbs just to force his hand. Are you going to scramble? Are you going to chuck it up and make a mistake? I just don't think a Kirk Cousins with his experience makes those same mistakes. I don't think they bring him as much pressure. I think he tears apart that defense a lot better than what we saw. So I just I think there's a whole bunch of factors that go into it. And I could be completely wrong. That's just my opinion. I don't think these last two games, the defenses on the other team are able to bring pressure the way they were if we have Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, this is kind of a little bit, you know, maybe in the weeds, but Jaron Hall uh, was the third quarterback tonight. Um, yep. He was not listed as the backup. Nick Mullins was listed as the backup. So, um, to me, that is a big red signal because Nick, the only reason Jaron Hall really started, I think the last, uh, the game that he started in Atlanta was because Nick Mullins was hurt. And so that would lead me to believe that the Vikings really didn't have much confidence in Jaron Hall either to be able to come back and start again, or even be the second quarterback for that matter. Um, which, which is interesting because, um, not, not to say you should take something from just one drive uh, because he did play really well on that first drive in Atlanta before he got hurt. But it's like, man, um, what, what the Vikings must think of him or, or maybe it is just that they want to see him develop more. I don't know, but at the, at the point of being six and six this season, do you think it's better to take a chance with Jaron Hall and see what he can do if you're going to get a performance like this from Josh Dobbs where you have four interceptions and you lose to a team that's not a team you should lose to, mm-hmm. um, do you just put Jaron Hall in there and see what you got for the last four or five games, whatever it is at this point? You know, like To me, you do because at least you know at that point, and maybe they just do and they don't want to, like is the whole Kellen Mond thing all over again maybe? I don't know. Right. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on that? And this is a definitely a good discussion because during that game, it's even this tonight, the way Dobbs was playing until that touchdown drive, you absolutely could have said, give him a shot. What is Dobbs doing that's helping us any better than anyone else could? Give Hall, give Hall a shot. Give Mullins a shot. It doesn't matter. I think, like you said, the reason why Hall started is because Mullins was out. I'm going to be on Hall's side and just say it is his rookie season still. He's learning what is, you know, talked about as a very complex offense. So it's going to take a little time. But if we see Josh Dobbs start next week, I think that is going to be, you know, if he throws out a performance like this, you know, even if he gets two interceptions and we lose the game, I don't think we see Josh Dobbs start the following week. I think they will start to switch it up. They're going to see what they have on Mullins. They're going to see maybe what Hall has, and maybe he's still coming back from his concussion. You know, maybe that's why he was the third string tonight. Um, So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but I do think that we will see change going forward if the Vikings lose next week and there's below average quarterback play. Yeah. Well, and I I like that they have the bye week now um, because yeah. now you have a time to evaluate the situation. Yeah, I said next week, sorry, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, no, no <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. I I uh, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there anyway because I do like that they get this opportunity now where you have two weeks to prepare for Las Vegas. 
um, which I think um, I think is going to be very beneficial because no matter who you decide to start, which I'm 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 99 percent sure they're going to go with Josh Dobbs again, um, at least one more game like you were talking about. But um, I think Kevin (laughs) O'Connell, we saw it uh, last year, and I know that was the first game ever of seeing Kevin O'Connell's offense, but we saw it when he had extra time to prepare for Green Bay how he looked really good and how uh, he was able to prepare really well. And I think uh, we might see that type of thing again this uh, this year where uh, the Vikings offense maybe will look a little bit better, a little bit more clean. Um, you know, it won't be as um, searching for our, for our identity, which we've done for done before in some of these games. Um, and yeah, I tell you what, another thing I got to throw out there as much as I love the Vikings classic uniforms, Owen two, what are we doing? We got it. We can't keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. You got to respect the dress when it's there and the Vikes just aren't. And, and, and that's, it just never felt like a fun game tonight. You know, even like yeah. that week one game, there was a lot to be desired. You're just watching the game and it's like a snooze fest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, there was no excitement on either side of the ball, really especially tonight. I mean, it was just a, a who's going to try to lose less. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, that's what it was. It, it, it just wasn't a fun game, and th- why not? I mean, it's Monday night. It's after Turkey Day. I mean, you had pretty good football over the weekend. Yeah, you, you, Everything should be riding in the right direction to get back after it, and you have the bye week coming. Give up everything because you have another week off that you don't normally have. And, and everything was just kind of lackluster. And like I say, it's a team effort. <clears throat> There's a lot to be desired on every phase of the Vikings game tonight. But um, it is a little disappointing, like I say, overall. I just, I, there's, this season has taken a dramatic turn from kind of where the hopes and dreams were getting. And yep. it, it just doesn't feel the same. And I think that affects the locker room just as much as it does the fan base. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, and I think it's going to be interesting to see um, how things unfold after the bye week. I mean, I'd be shocked if Justin Jefferson doesn't play against the Raiders. Uh, I think that I think that's a for sure thing. I think tonight was just a uh, you know like, hey, let's give him another extra couple weeks. You know, let's let's make sure he's fully one hundred percent. But it did kind of feel like you know if you had Justin Jefferson out there tonight you probably win the game. I mean, you lost by two points. That's not much of a stretch. <laughs> right. So, well, and, and yeah. like we said before, when you have a quarterback who struggles against pressure to see downfield, you need a guy who can create space and make yep. his own space. Kirk was able to throw guys in or open. I should say mm-hmm. Jefferson makes himself open. Not saying that yeah. we don't have any, anybody else that can do that. But it's just that extra half a second to a second. If you can give your quarterback that little extra safety of a window and you say he's definitely open versus he might be open and Dobbs is able to float it in there, that's a big difference. So I think, yeah, if you talk about that defense, I mean, right now they're obviously shading Addison's way or over the top of Hawkinson. That's read one and two for Dobbs, I'm sure, every single play, especially as he's still learning this, you know, pattern, this route pattern that the Vikings have. So yeah. I think that it's it's huge. If you get a wide receiver like that back, maybe that is exactly what Josh Dobbs needs is just that guy who is the best wide receiver in the NFL to go out there and open up a defense for him, but also open up 
his comfortability in the pocket to make quick throws and good reads. Well, it certainly can't hurt. <laughs> yeah, you know, it certainly can't hurt to have Justin Jefferson. Now, um, how much of a difference can it make uh, in the final few games here? We'll find out. But um, I will say this, you know, this is a Bears team that did almost beat the Lions a week yeah, ago. Last week. But uh, it also, it also would we'd also be remiss to not talk about how the lions were actually able to score more than the Vikings. And obviously the lions offense is in a much better uh, place right now. Um, even though they lost to the Packers, uh, which that's a whole nother story. You got the Packers mm-hmm. also breathing down the Vikings neck all of a sudden uh, for the last wild card spot potentially. So that's something to keep in mind. That could be a huge game. The last game we play them, which uh, I hate to even talk about because, you know, Packers, we hate them. But, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it, something I, you got to think about. It is. It absolutely is. You know, when we're, when I was watching that game on Thursday, you think, do we want Detroit to win just to hold back the Packers, thinking that we aren't going to win the division? Or right. do you want the Packers to beat Detroit just so that we still have that opportunity to clinch the division? You know, we win there. We win this week against Chicago. We beat Green Bay and we beat Detroit, you know, the two times that we play them in the final three weeks. That puts us in a great position to win your division. Now with mm-hmm. Detroit holding on, or excuse me, with Green Bay winning that, that puts them in an opportunity to catch us. We lose the game. That gives them a greater opportunity. It holds yes. Detroit at bay, but it still gives us now less of an opportunity in our division to win with losing to Chicago tonight. So it's really this week was just awful. Everything went poorly for the Vikings. If you pull out a win tonight, you still have an opportunity at that division with Detroit losing. But now it's just yes. kind of blown up at this point. I think the division is now just about out of control, out of reach. And I think the Vikings are going to have to just play. Play it to the end to stay ahead of the Packers. And a big win against them, you know, in that final meeting is going to be huge. And I know this is going to seem all downy, Debbie Downer and all this stuff, but it's like, man, if you wouldn't have just won those games going into the trade deadline, we could have traded some of these pieces and had more draft picks and all this stuff. And everybody that wants to, you know, it's such a loser mentality to think that way and all that stuff. Well, you know what? I'm I'm always thinking about the future, you know, like what can we do this year to set ourselves up for future success? And, you know, the people that say, you know, well, fight for the playoffs. And if you get in, you never know. You know, it's like, no, usually the NFL is not like that. Baseball is a little bit different when you have seven games or five games in a series or three games, whatever, you know. Yep. Yep. But. But when it's football, usually the best team, I very rarely does the best team not win. Like it doesn't uh, in the playoffs, you know, it, it usually, I mean, every now and then you get some upsets, right? But um, to get as many upsets as the Vikings would need to go far into the playoffs, I, it's not going to happen. I don't think um, if they had cousins, maybe you could make a different case. I don't know. Um, I still think that there would have been a lack of, um, a lack of talent defensively. I still think that's an area of needs improvement, even though they've been playing well. 
There's a reason why they're blitzing. Let's be honest here. <laughs> there's a reason why they're blitzing so much. Um, but I think there's also um, the running back situation for the Vikings. That is something that needs to be talked about. And um, the offensive line at times still uh, has has its moments of looking not so great at Ingram. Um, still atten- at times still doesn't look great, but Overall, I think they're playing pretty well on the offensive line, but there's there's still some areas where I'm I'm uh, especially um, after tonight where it's like, oh boy, yeah, we could definitely use some more playmakers. But yeah, again, Justin Jefferson being out doesn't help the situation. But yeah, no, and and it never will losing an all star and especially one of the best players in football and according to the NFL top one hundred, number the two, best player. yeah, or number two, yes, you're right. Sorry, number yeah, two, Mahomes. best player. So it's 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 tough to recover from something like that, and it, it hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. But if you look at if you look at just the fact that when Cousins went down, what are we going to do? It is tough to swallow that pill and say, "Why didn't we jump ship on a lot of players?" You know, yeah. We, imagine, oh, absolutely. Imagine what we could have gotten for Daniel Hunter, who's having a career mm-hmm. year on a contract year. I mean, unless we're going to dump. $30 million in his lap a year. Yeah. I don't think he's signing back next season. No, I, I do think they're going to make a play for him, especially after this year, but I just don't, I think somebody's going to outpay us or he's going to get equal money to try his luck with a Super Bowl contender. So why wouldn't he do that? Or yeah. you, you know, you look at just some other players, you know, there was a lot of talk about Justin Jefferson. I would have hated it, but mm-hmm. it's an opportunity on the table just to open yourself up to really blow this thing up rebuild and make something happen you know Harrison Smith's having a good year there's a whole bevy of players that we could have set ourselves up better I'm on the fan I'm on that side of let's try and make a push but after Cousins went down that's when it really you you really had to think about it at that time I'm sure they had those conversations they decided to take the shot because the division was still winnable considering all the factors but right now yeah it's it's looking like we chose wrong <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, hindsight, you know, I always say that too. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, you know, I, I think based on how the the mood in the locker room was, you know, like with them winning as many games in a row as they did, five in a row or four in a row, whatever it was at the time of the right. deadline. Um, you know, so it's, uh, I get it. I get why they did it. Um, they wanted to compete and it's probably, I'm sure the Wilfs probably also greenlit that a little bit too, but, um, it's like, yeah, I just, I just don't see it. I still think this team's a year away from really having, um, an opportunity and maybe even two years away, who knows? Um, I think I will say this, if they make some good moves this off season and, um, you know, make some, make some wise draft selections, which has been, part of the problem over the last few years for the Vikings uh, <laughs> to say the least if they can do some of that uh, they could be in position the NFC seems like it's not as I mean you know you got the Eagles at the top you got the 49ers there but they've shown they can beat the 49ers um, they game they came really close to beating the Eagles and the Eagles do look vulnerable yep. um, so it's not impossible to say that the Vikings if they get enough talent around um, 
their offense and defense get both get both sides loaded up that they could have a chance at knocking some of those teams off if they stop turning the dang ball over <laughs> that's a big problem that's a real big problem and i just it flashed on my screen when i was talking before but dobbs is leading the league in turnovers i mean that's yeah and he hasn't been great since he's been here we know he's bad in arizona it hasn't really gotten better um but just to talk about what you were just mentioning there when you think grand picture, yeah, you look at the 49ers. Their payroll is unbelievably large. I don't know how they're under the cap right now with some of the contracts that they have out there, but magically they are with however mon- money crunchers do it in San Francisco. Eagles, same thing. Their payroll is only getting bigger. If the Vikes do try to reload, we still have to lose a lot of pieces. You know, yep. as much as I want to be, oh, we're one or two years away from it, I still think we're a little bit further. You know, Harrison Smith, a phenomenal year, but he's in year 13. How much does that guy have left? Josh Metellus is playing out of his bleeping mind right now. Yeah. Can he do it again? You know, Jordan Hicks was great before he got injured. Can he do it again having a career year? You mean, go down the line. We have so many guys, specifically on defense here I'm looking, that are playing really phenomenally, but can they continue this success? Daniel Hunter ain't going to stay like we just talked about. Harrison Phillips career year right now can he can continue this success or are we going to have to start shoveling new pieces there are we going to have to start signing guys for large contracts and miss out on others because we don't have the cap space to do it you know if we do sign kirk back if we did sign daniel back we don't have money like that that's all the money is gone basically in two players so it's it, it would be it would be very hard to use what we have now to build it in one or two years i think it would almost have to be a complete rebuild. And then I think we're three or four years out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, if you think you're that far out, um, then to me, then you really should have started trading. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like uh, now, you know, that's, I know that's a totally different discussion and obviously they think different things than what we were thinking, but um you know, if you really thought you were that far away, which I, I don't, I, I mean, you know, agree to disagree um, on that. I mean, I think, um, I think if you thought that you would definitely be trading people at pieces at the deadline yeah. um, and you would be trying to get as many draft picks as you could. Um, and, you know, if they thought they were that far away, they definitely would not want to bring back Kirk Cousins. Because right. what what's the point of bringing back a quarterback a that's going to keep us in contention for the playoffs? Um, if we think we're a few years away, then we probably don't need that. We probably want to bring in a quarterback that's younger, that we think that we can develop, that Kevin O'Connell can develop into something. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of different if ands, or buts uh, that are thrown around for sure, and it's easy to second guess decisions at this point. But yeah, obviously they're they're in the dis- they're in the water that they've um, stepped in, you know. So um, however you want to phrase that, I guess. But yeah, it's it's interesting, and uh, this off season is going to be very interesting as well. I I think that they're going to bring back Cousins based on what I'm hearing um, from uh, sources that saying, you know, obviously O'Connell's saying, yeah, we want cousins back. And then 
Quasi thinking that he's a young 35 or whatever and stuff, which <laughs> I I don't know. I I not I'm not saying I think that. I'm just saying that's what Quasi uh, has said. Um, and so yeah, I I don't know. It's it's to me. I I'm still wanting the long term solution at quarterback. I want the franchise guy for 10 to 15 years down the road. Um, you know, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with what Kirk has done for the Vikings, but I just, you know, I just want somebody, I want him a Holmes and I know that's not going to be easy and we might not ever get that, you know, uh, nobody else probably will ever get that, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, we want one of those guys that are there for a long time that we can depend on to be a good starting quarterback or above average or, or above that even great, you know, great starting quarterback. We want a top five type of guy. And then you build your team around that guy. Um, you know, you, you see what Patrick Mahomes is, is doing, even with a very lackluster talent Ted uh, roster around him on the it's offensive side roster. of the ball, you know, <laughs> um, I mean, Travis Kelsey's really good, uh, hall of yep. fame tight end, but the rest of that offense is like who Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore and Mark MBS Tenzel, can't catch yeah. a ball. All this <laughs> no, there's, I, I hear what you're saying and I, I a hundred percent agree. That's what I want, but there's reasons that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look where Mahomes was taken in the draft. They got extremely lucky. Look where Tom Brady mm-hmm. was taken in the draft. The Patriots got extremely lucky. You got a hit when it's right now you can obviously that's what everybody shoots for every every franchise is looking for that guy the chiefs i better looking for that next guy because what if something happened to patty you know what if he's out what if it's something horrible and they have to have the next man up you know they're looking i'm sure for a competent backup that could drive them forward if they need it so as much as I want to believe that play, I still think a Kirk Cousins gives you the opportunity to win your division every year, you know, if you have a good enough defense on the other side of the ball. And I think that you can you can make runs in the playoffs with him. I'm not going to say he's going to win you a Super Bowl. He hasn't proven that. He hasn't gotten super deep in playoffs or anything like that. But I think he gives you that opportunity more than if we just every two, three years, we try a new guy. We went through that. Most of my very formative yeah. vikings days our formative vikings days yeah i don't want to see that again i don't want to take yeah. a shot at t jack and farat and you know all these other throw in McNabs in there to see if he still got it i just i don't want to go through that again yeah. i want guys who can go in here give us a solid shot at not only win winning the division but giving us a great chance to win playoff games and a kirk cousins has provided that yeah yeah no i don't disagree um i just I just think that we've seen the ceiling of Kirk Cousins and maybe not. Maybe people there there you know, I think some people still hold out faith that with Kevin O'Connell that the ceiling has not been fully attained yet. Um mm-hmm. with Kirk Cousins, which who knows, maybe that is MVP the case. Season going so far this year you know, Yeah, that's that's uh that's for sure. He was looking looking really good before the injury. So yeah, it's it's a conundrum, the never-ending, the never-ending quarterback conundrum. I I wish eventually we would just get somebody that we can all agree on that's really good. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> but uh uh you know, it's it's the Vikings pipe dream. We need the we need the new Fran Tarkington. Yeah, we, need we need the, the new Fran. <laughs> we need the we need the Fran of the fa- of the franchise. There you go. Uh, instead of the face of the franchise, we need the new Fran of the franchise. <laughs> um but yeah, it's uh, it's a long waiting process unfortunately. So uh Daniel, have I ever done uh, the uh, Skullcon with you? Uh, before no. I, I don't know if I've uh, if I've done that with you. So uh, basically, uh, I will uh, I will get that up and show you show you what I'm talking about here. But uh, it's a, a fun little thing that I uh, came up with a while back in regards to what uh, what your rating of the Vikings concern is, where your concern level is for the Vikings. And so, um, here it is. Um, so let me, uh, let me throw the banner down here and, uh, you can see the, the, uh, picture of that. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you've, you've heard us use this before, but it's, um, it is definitely one of those things where I a week ago was more concerned. Like, so I think what I would say is I, I was ready um, to go down to number um, number four uh, last week. So right here, number four, um, I was ready to go back to everything will be okay. Last week I was still at number three and um now, after this game, I am starting to go back up in the other direction. <laughs> it's I'm, weird. How, I, yeah, I'm it's weird how, quickly that, how that opinion can change. Because before last week, I'm on four. It's, it's we need to win four games the rest of the way, and we're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Everything will be fine. We can get a win against the Broncos. We're almost guaranteed a win against the Bears. We're just gonna we're gonna be able to coast this one out. We're making the playoffs. Maybe we can make something splashy happen. Yep. After last week's loss, it's like, well, now yeah, I'm still teetering in that four to three zone because yep. we still have a great opportunity. It was like an eighty percent chance to make the playoffs. We're gonna beat the Bears. We're gonna move forward. Now we lose to the Bears. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. so I'm definitely in three right now. I'm not total sky is falling. If we lose next week. It's over. I mean, it's yep. absolutely over. There's no shot at any fun the rest of the season. It's almost completely dead. But I'll, I'll so I'm right now on three for sure. If we lose next week, it's definitely a two. After that, if we lose, it's yeah, yeah just over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm stuck between them. I think I'm right there with you. I'm stuck between two and three right now. I'm partly want to go to go to number two, but I'm also like, well, if they come back and they, you know, they play really well against Las Vegas, then things get a little bit more, um, a little bit more believable that things aren't so bad for me, but at the same time, it's just Las Vegas too. So yeah. Right. But I I think, you know, what you said earlier, if you're able to win, what would you say? Two of the next 
Yeah, two out of the two out of the next three, and that was and that was uh, including the Bears, including tonight. Yep. Yeah, right. But I I think even if you look at the last, where are we at now? Five, six, seven games. No, five games of the season, right? Yep. So the last five games of the season, if you look at getting two, maybe even wins you still have a shot at the playoffs. I mean, as as weird as this season is going, as far as the NFC stacking goes, you still have a shot to make, well, two out of five games. You can win two out of five games. I would hope so. <laughs> you think that, but that's where if we lose this game and then you lose next week against a bad Raiders team, even though, like you said earlier too, that they are kind of on the come up again mm-hmm. with the new coaching staff. Who knows? But I, I, I do think that if we do lose to the Raiders next week, it's almost completely over. I think the Packers are going to catch and pass us, and then you're basically out at that point. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, the Packers game, you know, if you lose one of the next two games, and I mean, even if you don't, I mean, I think the Packers now, if we, if the if the Packers, assuming the Packers don't lose a game and we, and we lose maybe, or maybe we both don't lose a game before we play, I think we would still have the chance to go behind them if they beat us, I think, right? Because they are five and six, I yep. want to say. Yeah, so, they're five and six. Yep. But it and then it all goes to I think next tiebreaker is conference record. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken after head to head. You know, if if we get caught up at the end, which we I believe have. Yeah. Um, I'm not hundred percent on that, but still it's, it's just one of those things. You don't want to one, put yourself in that position, but to kind of to your point earlier, are we really just going to get into the playoffs to lose? You know, what, yeah. where's the fun? Where's the excitement you go in and you're playing against, you know, a number three seed or whoever it is at that point, is that where we really want to be? Does that make it seem like this was a successful season or not? Mm-hmm. And at this point, I don't think so. I mean, even if we went in with this team, do we feel good about ourselves making the playoffs? No, not really. I, I, it, it doesn't feel that way. You're not going to no. go into the playoffs and score 10 points and expect, expect to win. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I don't really like to do this during losses, but we, we, we're going to give out a couple <laughs> game balls. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give one to – I mean, I know we've talked about how bad – um, some of those not blitzes on that final drive of the game were, but I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a, a game ball regardless to Brian Flores. I thought he played, I thought he coached a heck of a game defensively for the Vikings. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think Brian Flores gets my game ball. Uh, how about for you? We'll we'll just do one each here tonight. You know what? I'm going to give it to that, uh, defensive tackle day that we signed. Yeah, Sheldon Day. Yeah, Sheldon Day had a great uh, tackle for loss in the backfield that the Vikes needed in a big spot. Like, (laughs) say, recovery. You fumble recovery. And I mean, (laughs) give it to the big boy. Gets, you know, what did he get signed yesterday to the active roster or today? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then he comes in and plays a, you know, plays a phenomenal football game. I mean, you could look at the Neil Hunter. He did what he's been doing all season long. Josh Metellus flying around the football field. I'll give it to the big boy day, though. I thought it was pretty fun for a guy that just gets you know, basically his first action of the season and he has a pretty exciting game for him. Yep. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I honestly don't know if there's really, 
anybody <laughs> else you could give a game ball to. Like it's uh, uh, that, yeah, especially <laughs> on offense. I mean, maybe Alexander Madison, I guess he didn't fumble and he had 5.2 yards per carry. I guess you could have given one to him, but uh, yeah, it just kind of feels like a, a feeble, uh, feeble attempt after those couple of uh, players, but or head coach, I should say, with Flores. But, um, yeah, that is pretty much going to put a wrap on the show here tonight. Um, yeah, well, uh, we uh, have a bye week this week, um, so we will not have a show this coming week. Um, we're going to enjoy. Take a nap. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's in order. Uh, and we are going to also take a bye week. Um, yep. So we are going to... Uh, enjoy a little bit of time away and hopefully come back with you full strength after the bye week but uh, we'll we'll see what happens uh, the Raiders game is a 305 kick uh, I believe so um, that'll be a late game so we'll we'll try and be with you um, after that game potentially could have a day after um, post game depending on what happens. Um, but, uh, we'll see what, we'll see what that week brings and looking forward to, uh, talking about, uh, the Vikings and the Raiders going, uh, after that game is concluded. So should be an interesting matchup that week. Uh, and, uh, anything else you wanted to add, Daniel, uh, before we leave, I guess your, your final, your final statement before we sign off here. Well, and I guess just to get back to what I'm saying, <clears throat> what I said earlier, the sky's not completely falling yet. There is still some positivity. It's just getting harder to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So I, I, I hope the Vikes figure it out. I hope they do practice up if they decide to go with Dobbs, which is very likely again going forward. I think it's a big test this next uh, you know game against the Raiders. We'll see if they're going to continue to go with him or – we give somebody else a shot going forward. So I think that's going to kind of be the next two-week watch is what are the Vikings doing with that first team in practice. And I think we're going to get some interesting reports because I think they're going to start to dabble in other people, although I do think Dobbs is our quarterback against the Raiders. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I tell you what, if if you lose to the Raiders, you definitely have to think about another quarterback. And, yep. and I should – also add a caveat to that. And Josh Dobbs plays pathetically or terribly or yeah, whatever, right. however you want to say. Yeah. He throws for 200 with two touchdowns and we lose not his fault. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, if, if he plays like he did tonight or even, even you could make the case the way he played in Denver, um, yep. you know, like, you know, didn't, wasn't I, good. didn't play as well as he could have played um, or as well as we've seen him play this season. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I even, I even warned myself in the second half of that saints game, you know, like I said earlier, like that's, you know, you kind of started to see, okay, well, what's happening here. You were so good in the first half. Okay. Now what's going on here And the saints almost come back and beat us. So yeah, there, there was the, there was the warning signs. We saw a little bit bigger warning sign last week, and now it's like, ah! <laughs> so. Well, I, I had a buddy who told this to me 10 years ago when we were arguing about football. I don't remember what it was, but it, he just said, you take away their best season or their best game and their worst of whatever it is. Take it away. You look in the middle, and that's what you got. Yep. That's what we're seeing of Josh Dobbs. 
I mean, we I don't think we've seen him at his worst. We've seen his best here. Now get rid of those. And then in the middle is what we have. I think we're seeing that middle right now. Boy, if his worst wasn't tonight, I'd hate to see what that is. <laughs> but uh, I do, I do like that point, though. I, I really do think that's very good, very good. And you know, as Minnesota sports fans, I think we all know all too well how too well. Uh, how uh, we can very easily get excited about somebody or something, and then uh, have our hopes and dreams ripped from us like a child being told that uh, they can't have a gumball from the gumball machine or something you know i don't know like it's like nope nope you can't have one sorry uh don't have don't have the money or no you uh you didn't finish your food so you can't have your gumball um so but vikings fans well we've we've sat through it all uh dan and here we are we can't uh Still can't get uh, our comeuppance or our due, uh, if you will. <laughs> Doesn't feel like it's our turn quite yet. We got to wait again. Yep, yep. So we'll we'll just keep patiently waiting, and maybe maybe it'll happen before we're dead. Maybe it won't. I guess we'll find maybe. out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you joining me, and uh, look forward to hopefully having you on a few more times yet this year. Absolutely appreciate it as always. And as always, skull. Oh.